Good morning. Welcome to Ask the Expert, an award-winning, oh my goodness, are we winning awards for this series, an award-winning daily series running from 8.30 in the morning to 9 o'clock, specifically designed to answer small business questions. If you have any questions, do ask them in the comments in the feed. And if you need any more advice, then by all means, join the official Intuit QuickBooks small business community. Uh, they're on Facebook and accountants and other experts in business are on hand to answer your questions 24-7. During the live session today, we're going to be running a poll. You know how it works, guys. Do engage with the poll and I get the great pleasure of revealing the results at the end. On the 3rd of March as well, please don't forget you can attend the Intuit QuickBooks virtual event, QuickBooks Connect. Um, and this event is going to bring together virtually entrepreneurs, small business owners, and accountants to grow, learn, and connect with each other. I'm a huge fan of this event. Make sure you block it in now. Now, we're going to talk about fear and change this morning. Um, and it's a topic that, you know, as someone who, who talks to small businesses every single day of all variety at varying different stages of their business journey has been very much on the agenda for the last 12 months. And I just thought it would be really helpful to share some of those learnings, some of those experiences, and really importantly, two tools that we've been using quite a bit with you guys before we dive in to the Q&A part of today's session. So fear can be good, fear can be bad, fear can prevent us from getting harmed, it can prevent us from doing stupid things, taking silly risks, uh, but equally, it can be pretty paralyzing too, and sometimes it holds us back. And I always think that, um, although I don't like quoting the overused icons of this time, something that Steve Jobs said uh, is a really good reflection of actually how we should think about change and fear. I'm just going to read it. Forgive me. It's the one time I will refer to my notes during the session. Um, he said that remembering I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, well, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. Now, most people, fortunately, in our business community haven't had quite that extreme of fear, but certainly some of the fears that they've uh, faced over the last year have been pretty significant and in some cases very paralyzing. Life is not a dress rehearsal though. So what we've been doing is working with our community to look at the tools that really make us feel braver, feel that, okay, there is fear, but we can do something about it. And I think the reality is that what these tools that I'm going to share with you this morning do is show us that actually what is in our control is an awful lot more than we might feel it is, particularly when you've got really big decisions to make. They might be decisions that have a big emotional pull. So what you do with your staffing, um, how you have difficult conversations with colleagues who may have become friends, what you do about cash flow, what you do about your relationships with your landlord. So the big themes of last year, which continue a bit into this year and will for the foreseeable couple of months, I think, before we really feel the benefits of vaccines and coming out of, of COVID. And that's sort of COVID even, <laughs> I'm making up viruses, those, those really big themes have been people, property and cash flow. So what did we do about it? Well, the first thing I want to do is to check 
that you guys have been practicing your pass the baton plans. Now, you may remember when I was back with you last time, we talked about this really simple tool. It's brilliant. You just need a scrap of paper, fold it into four quadrants and write in each one of those quadrants, love, hate, business needs, can't do. And then you check in with yourself. Now, check in with yourself before you check in with anybody else. This, the beauty of this exercise is it helps to ground you. How are you feeling right now? What are you loving about the job that you're doing? You can do this if you're an employee and it's about your career. You can do this if you're running a business or you're a manager and you want to just check in with how you're feeling. What are you loving so far about what you do right now today? What equally are you hating What's really grinding you down? What's holding you back? What's really stressing you out? What, when you get to the end of the day, do you look back on and think that was horrible? I really didn't enjoy that. List it all out. Then look at what the business, or in some cases, if you're an employee, your job needs you to be doing. Now, there's no emotion in this. It's very factual. Your job description, if you have one, what do you need to be doing in order to do that job, that role? well in order to do right by your business and then the final box is what you can't do now that might be things that you technically can't do but quite often in this box as well we work with uh, business owners to look at what's blocking them what can't you do because you don't have the resources what can't you do because you don't have the right people or you don't have enough people what is it that's holding you back And then it's time to sit back and look at the interrelationship between those quadrants. Now, during the course of the last 12 months, a lot of the themes that have come out of doing these exercises, and I love them because they're really honest and they're very candid, has been a lot of what's holding me back is fear, is lack of resources. So it's the hate box that's really coming out strong. I'm hating what I'm going through right now and I can't do what I need to be doing because of all of these reasons. You know, my business has changed. My customers don't buy in the same way. Um, Fundamentally, people are communicating differently. So we've looked very closely at those boxes to forge plans. Sometimes you can unblock them by very simple things. Some of the the simplest measures, because change doesn't have to be big, some of the simplest measures, like one of our clients who decided to communicate differently, with her clients. She couldn't get them in her stores. She couldn't do the usual sales relationship and stuff that was very important to her in terms of giving a great customer service. So we worked with her to do an email campaign, really simple email campaign. It was fantastic, but she was communicating in a different way. She still managed to cultivate the warmth. Yes, even on email that she had in the shops and it changed aspects of what she did. And she was terrified of doing that kind of communication in the beginning because she thought it would just do her business bad. Actually, it came out super strong. So looking at the interbalance on your past the batting quadrants, looking at what you need, looking at what you're going to need, excuse me, as you plan ahead for unlocking more, for getting back to normal. Finally, thank you, Boris, for, for the announcement last night. This plan is really, really powerful. If you want more guidance on it, please go to Ferilio. There's a lovely guide there. It's called a personal development plan. If you search on personal development plan, that guide will come out and it'll give you all the material, all the uh, support that you need to do. It doesn't take you long, but it's very powerful. Do it with your teams. Uh, You can even, I've got people doing it with their families as, as well. But what comes out of that exercise is great at actually addressing your fears and giving you a plan 
to deal with anything that you need to change. The other tool and the other acronym we've been using a lot that I really want to share with you too is the SCAMPER acronym. Do you guys know this? So it literally is as it sounds, SCAMPER, like a mouse or a rabbit, S-C-A-M-P-E-R. If you Google it, you'll find all sorts of guidance on it. But SCAMPER is really nice as an acronym. I think we've all grown up with the, you know, the acronyms like SWOT, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, the classic sort of business school ways of assessing your business. The nice thing about SCAMPER is it's a very gentle but quite targeted way of looking at what you could change, looking at what you do today and what could you change. It's about looking at the fringes and saying, well, what could I do that might make a big difference? SCAMPER looks at what you could substitute, what you could combine, what you could adapt, what you could modify, minify or maximize. Um, It looks at what you could actually eliminate perhaps what you could reverse. It's a really lovely acronym. And it's a series of questions that you can ask yourself. Again, sometimes the little changes can unblock the stuff that's holding you back. SCAMP has been a great acronym that we've used in quite some detail um, with customers. I've used it with my mentees as well to really help change. Um, And again, once you're in control, there's real, there's real power in feeling back in control. There's real power in having a plan. I think the biggest learning that we've had this year is, okay, feel the fear, have a plan. So know yourself, really look at emotionally what's driving you. Are you out of kilter right now because everything you love is not what you're doing on the day-to-day? Is everything that you hate really taking over? Are you massively blocked by your can't do, excuse me, can't do's in your past the baton plan? What does your business actually need? What does your job actually really need? Sometimes because of everything that's happened to us in the last 12 months, we're so far out of job description. We've taken on all of these extra responsibilities. We've gone off in different directions that we're very slightly uh, off kilter, not just from what makes us happy, but also from what our businesses or our roles really need. So I definitely encourage you to look at that. Fear is, is a blocker. But change doesn't have to be big. And if we control fear, we can make really big changes in our businesses. So the final uh, analogy that I will leave you with, go use those two tools. I promise you they really work. They're so well tried and tested by our own community. Check out the guide uh, on Ferilio on personal development and passing the baton plan. That's what we call it. It's like running a relay and passing the baton, passing the baton of your fear or passing the baton of a task. Uh, passing the baton of something that needs to be done to somebody else. It's all about the plan and it will help you recruit. It will help you get over uh, obstacles and it will help you feel much better about what you're doing in the day-to-day. We are slightly obsessed within the Frilio community about frogs. And I'm not going to tell you a long story about frogs or goldfish. We're not so keen on goldfish. There's a lovely blog on Frilio's site that talks about why we love frogs, why frogs are brave, why frogs overcome fear, and how we all need to channel uh, in a frog just that little bit more. The story goes a little bit like this, and there's a wonderful TED talk by a man called Bill Ekstrom. You can look him up, and he talks about, it's entitled, Why Comfort Will Ruin Your Life. Phenomenally powerful. It's very short. Um, But Bill started off our obsession with frogs by talking about goldfish. A goldfish only ever grows as big as the size of its environment. Now, goldfish can swim really, really fast. It can feel like it's doing great things, but it's going round in circles. 
A frog can start in the same bowl, but a frog evolves. It takes on change. It embraces challenge and it sees the world differently. A frog can climb out of that bowl and go explore the world and frogs get everywhere. So when you're feeling a little bit, I don't know, overwhelmed, uh, a little bit scared of what lies ahead, you're asking yourself, as so many of us have done, as I've certainly done with the businesses I've started, am I good enough? Am I ready enough? Can I do this? This is what I really signed up for. Channel your inner frog. Frogs are curious. They get out there. Yes, they, they end up in some really bizarre places and they're not always the best places, but it, they get out there and see the world. Life is not a dress rehearsal. And as Steve Jobs reminds us, you know, when you think about the fact that death at some point is going to get us, go live it. Don't let fear hold you back. Right. I think it is time for uh, answering some of your questions. I've been really looking forward to this. So the first question is uh, from Theodore on Twitter DM. Thank you, Theodore. Um, I'm starting my own company and it's both scary and exciting. How did you deal with doubts and highs and lows when you started to build your company? Oh my goodness, this is such a great question. Um, I was terrified. It took me almost 20 years to launch my first business. Please don't be like me. <laughs> um, I planned really well. I spoke to loads of people. I think the most powerful thing you can do is speak to people around you. It grounds you. It can encourage you if you're speaking to people who have done it before um, Theodore, I think one of the magic things about having the right people in your community is if you are spending time with people who are maybe six months ahead of you, a year, maybe two years ahead of you most, then the experience is still very raw for them, but the learnings are still really fresh too. And you tend to find that people are very generous with their feedback. Um, surround yourself by people who are doing it too and can reach back and share blueprints, ideas, connections, support with you. Um, plan super well. There's an amazing business planning guide on Ferilio. I've used it with my businesses, plenty of our community use it too within theirs. Lots of tools and techniques that will make things super clear for you. And that will give you the confidence to keep going. And if you're not ready quite yet, that's fine. But if you've got that kind of startup yen, um, go learn the ropes in somebody else's business. Plenty of startups are hiring. And, and you know, even if you shadow them and they're not actually hiring them, then you can you can kind of learn the ropes pretty well without taking the risk on too soon before you give up the day job if that's what you've got. Um, but the reality is, Theodore, the highs and lows don't go away. <laughs> the, the next big mountain is always ahead of you, whatever you've, you've just climbed. Um, but I think the one thing I would say, and it's something that, that really strikes me an awful lot, is what today really blocks you, what today seems a bit scary or a bit insurmountable, you'll you generally find a way around. And then six months later, you'll, you'll look back and you think, oh my goodness, I was scared of that. You know, that was the problem. Look at what's ahead now. Have confidence. Humans are amazingly creative if they allow themselves to be. Have confidence you can do this. Keep going. And as I say, next month, next year, you'll look back and go, wow, I did all of that. Um, again, there's some fantastic guidance on Ferilio built with the community. Uh, if you search golden potential uh, on the Ferilio site, then it will come up with a lovely guide that's all about your strength of mindset, and making sure that you can do this and that you don't feel too out of your depth um, or at least not, not capable of addressing the things that make you feel out of your depth. Um, but good luck, Theodore. Welcome to the community. I'm very excited for you. 
Um, that was a lovely question to start with. Uh, Tabitha from Instagram DM. Morning, Tabitha. What has your biggest learning as a business owner been from the last year? <laughs> I don't quite know where to start on that one, Tabitha. Um, team is everything. I'm amazingly lucky to have a team that we've built very organically. I started with incredible people who have acted as magnets to others. Um, and they're not just incredible for what they can do. They're incredible for what they bring to Frilio. You know, I think every business in the last 12 months has gone through terrific ups and downs. Every founder has felt crippled by these things. I go home every night, very conscious that 18 mortgages depend on my ability to keep the business going and to, to make the right decisions. Um, and there are plenty of days where you just wake up and you feel exhausted. You know, I'm not spending time with the family or I'm not doing the stuff I want. My past the baton plan is completely out of kilter. What am I going to do about it? Um, but it's my team and actually the community that we serve that has really made everything possible. It's put everything into perspective. Frilio has an incredibly strong mission. Um, and I think really come back to your mission and your purpose um, we've definitely done that. There have been decisions that we made in the last 12 months that I possibly wouldn't have made in normal times. And I would have had a harder fight with our board about, uh, in normal times, but because of the strength of our mission and our, pur our purpose, I think those decisions became crystal clear. You know, we downed tools on some of the things that we wanted to launch last year so that we went into COVID emergency support overdrive to support the community because that's what was most needed. Um, and I think having that mission and having a very strong team and a very supportive board meant that we could take decisions that were in the interest of the customer, even if they weren't 100% in the interest of revenue for the business at every time. It paid off uh, happily and it supported us really well. Um, but I think my biggest learning has been about the people that we're surrounded by. Uh, next question is Leanne from Facebook Messenger. Good morning. When working on a pass the baton plan, how do we judge what to keep and what to do away with? Oh, that's the magic. What do you want to keep? I think this has been the really big conversation of, of the last six months, particularly with the people that I support. It's okay. Let's sit back and reflect. What do you want to keep? So many of us have changed. We've changed the way we deliver, the way we communicate, uh, the way we're even operating. So many people operating from home, others operating in environments which are very different. Um, and I think it's been the big question on everyone's lips, actually, Leanne, is, you know, what are we going to keep from what we've changed? Some of it really worked. Some of it was only supposed to be temporary. But look what's happened since. And if you're doing change for a long enough time, people get into a pattern and a rhythm Consumers start looking at you differently. You pick up new ones. You change the old ones. And it's just the same with us as individuals. Look at how you feel, Leanne. What are you loving? What's really going to get you out of bed in the morning and drive you forward? You know, and, and, and what's out of balance right now? Um, what do you want to keep? I think that's the beauty of this exercise. It's all about you before you look at anything else. You are the most important asset that any employer or any business, your business can have. So if you are out of kilter, if you're not feeling it, then something needs to change before you can give to anybody else. Um, that would that would be my answer to your question. That's probably not as, as helpful as you might have been looking for, but it, the answer is on, on you, go explore. Nothing is cast in stone, nothing can't be changed either. So ask yourself what you want to keep. 
Uh, right, Roshan from Twitter DM. Hi, Marley. Do you have an inspirational way of sharing what the future looks like with employees? Oh, I like this question. We've been planning on making some changes in our business model and are figuring out how to convey this to our employees. Wow. Okay. Well, um, I've been there quite a few times, so um, I feel this. I think the best thing you can do is get everybody on board and just ground them. We did a series of exercises last year. Um, again, we went through some some difficult periods where we had to. I had to explain to the team, "Well, no, we're not going to launch this new product line. No, we're not going to do that." And I know a number of you were really excited about that. What we're going to do is this. And in some cases, it meant that particular teams within the business were less prominent than others because of what we all decided to do. Carry the team with you. Come back to your mission and your purpose. Why are you doing this? And really make sure the employees understand why. Every member of staff wants to wake up in the morning invariably and feel like they have, they belong and they're significant and the contribution that they make matters. We launched a kind of uh, what I glibly nicknamed a festival of us so I went through a whole process of saying, right, what is it that we stand for? What is it? Let's let's go back and remind ourselves of the journey we've come and why we do this in the first place and why the changes that we need to make are the right thing to do by our customers. We stood in our customers' shoes. We did various exercises. I also you know, did small things, small things that don't have to be costly things, but small things for the team to make them appreciate why they're part of this team, why this team is really special. Um we talk a lot and we recruit a lot um, on the basis of our brand strength and our culture. But actually for the team, I realized I wasn't doing very much to cement that or to celebrate that. And so we produced a little booklet. I did it and I'm lucky that I've got a couple of, you know, graphically creative people within the business. But we actually put a marker down in the sand and said, this is what we stand for. And it created a real sense of pride, a real sense of belonging. Uh, it wasn't expensive. It didn't take up a huge amount of time. We also went on a, a few sort of um, strange and curious exercises. So profiling every member of the team. If you've got a small team, you, you can you can do that. Discovering things about ourselves, discovering what glues us together. So we took it back to people and and purpose. And then we drove forward in terms of, of change. And I think, you know, change is never as good when people don't believe it or they're just going through the motions. If you really want to carry change forward, particularly if it's quite fundamental, come back to people first. Don't rush that. Make sure you're investing in getting everybody on board, getting them really behind it. And then they become huge evangelists for what you're doing. Um, and it becomes much more authentic as well, but you're much more likely to get employees buying into it. I hope that helps. Um, good luck, as I said, I've been there. <laughs> There is no magic answer, but it comes back to, to people and instinct. Yusuf from Instagram DM, what are the top two to three things one should focus on to become a good leader? Two to three things. Um, really lovely question, Yusuf. I would say listen. Probably the biggest thing that leaders forget to do, mental note to self as well, is listen. Listen more, listen hard. Um, you have to be more of a servant leader than a dictator if you really want to carry people with you if you really want to scale something where people come to work every day believing where when you have your past the baton plan conversations with them they feel heard they feel understood and they come as the best version of themselves so listen really hard uh second thing i would say is plan plan all the time uh, practice your scamper acronym as well what's going to change what could we change what else could we do um, and bring those, bring that thinking, Yusuf, 
to your 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 team make sure that people understand what you're thinking about be accessible um be open to questions uh definitely get into frog syndrome we have something called the order of the frog at Ferrillier. so we celebrate every quarter people who are stepping outside of their pond and supporting others being curious doing different things it's not about working longer hours absolutely not it's about being more um, than just the job description because we're all more than just a job description so enabling people to to be curious to challenge to feel like they have psychological safety around you to say actually I don't agree or I don't get it or why the hell are we doing it this way it can be really annoying trust me when when you get those kinds of challenges but it's also vital that everybody understands your thinking your vision as a leader but also how they fit in and how they can help shape it with you um Third thing, I'm not sure I can even think of a third thing right now. I'm sure there are there are tons of things, but I think, you know, stay on the mission, stay on track, spend enough time above your business to watch how things are playing out. You know, what are your customers doing? What are any of your other stakeholders doing, whether that's suppliers, maybe investors? What is the team doing? Stay above it for long enough to observe. Give yourself the mind space and the time to reflect on that. It's super important. And then come back down and be one with the team if you can. Right. Uh, who's next? Sasha from Facebook Messenger. Hi there, Merle. What special obstacles do women entering business face and how can these obstacles be overcome? I'm about to finish my MBA. Oh, congratulations. And have plans to start a business with a fellow batchmate. Oh, fabulous. Co-founders. That's amazing. Um, special obstacles that women face. I think we all face massive obstacles, Sasha, to be honest. Uh, it doesn't really matter what variety we are. Um, starting a business takes terrific guts um, and real resilience to keep going. I would say sometimes the biggest challenge that, that women seem to have, in my experience, it's just an observation, is we tend to feel like it's all on us uh, and we have more to prove um, and we have to figure everything out and we load ourselves with this immense burden of, well, I should know this, right? I should know this. I should be able to do this. Everyone else seems able to do this. Um, and I don't know why we do this, but it's definitely my observation. Whereas the guys are like, well, I don't know this. He's going to help me. He's going to do this for me. How can I find this out? And I think sometimes we could channel that sort of, I don't know it. I'm going to go out there and fix it and I'm going to find a way mentality that the guys seem to have more. Um, certainly as a woman, I've never found that when I have reached out uh, and then berated myself for not reaching out sooner, people have helped. So I would say get the right network in place. Uh, and it doesn't matter who's in that network, as long as they are relevant to you and what you need. Uh, network is everything. These will be your cheerleaders, your evangelists, your future customers, maybe your investors. In future, And I think if women did that more or were able to do that more, um, it would make a big difference actually to the speed and also to our, our general mindset around how we launch businesses. There are happily far more uh, support groups out there now, all female ones, mixed ones, mix it up. Do not just go for, for one channel because your customers, your team are obviously or invariably not all going to be women and that's not necessarily the best balance either um but yeah I would I would say there will be times when you feel like is this not happening because I'm female don't accept it just don't accept it it really isn't it really isn't something that should hold you back there will be people who can block unblock you from anything 
Right, 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 right. Uh, the poll results are in. So I can't take any more questions. I'm so sorry. I was really enjoying that. So the poll that we asked you guys is, have you pivoted your business in the last year? This is super interesting. 67% of you said yes. Wow. Go do your past the baton plans. Make sure the pivot is what you, is making you happy. Make sure that Scamper is helping you to work out what else could I tweak or change to be even stronger and better. 33% of you answered no. Well, good on you guys. Again, check in with Scamper. There may be things that you could be missing, um, but well done. Um, fantastic. Okay, so thank you so much all for tuning in this morning. It's been, as ever, a real privilege to be part of your community and answer more questions. If you do have any questions uh, after today, then please get in touch with me on LinkedIn, uh, Merle Calvert on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter too. And of course, the live chat on uh, Frilio is always running. Coming up on Ask the Expert tomorrow. I'm so excited about this. I'm going to introduce one of my favorite biz friends, Jenna Davies, who is the founder of the IM Hub. Um, Jenna has worked with hundreds, literally hundreds of entrepreneurs and business owners to pitch with confidence and impact. She is somebody who you will see regularly on our site too, giving huge amounts of advice. Tune in to get advice on how to pitch your business uh, and yourself virtually. She's super engaging. Don't miss it. You'll really enjoy it. And you'll definitely come away with uh, tips that you won't have used before. And don't forget, guys, to join the official Intuit QuickBooks small business group uh, on Facebook. And to register for QuickBooks Connect, I hope to see you there. Um, you can find the link in the comments. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I hope I've added some help, value, and oomph to your day. And I'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.